0: I'm Dale Denwald,
1: And I'm Nuria martinez Kiel. You're listening to The Source.
0: Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them.
1: The election for Oklahoma City Mayor is little more than a week away on February 8th. We cover what you need to know about the crowded race for mayoral office. Four candidates are running to be mayor of Oklahoma City. That includes our incumbent mayor, David Holt, who was elected in 2018. And then we have three challengers. We heard from those three candidates Tuesday night at a mayoral debate, but David Holt didn't attend. The Oklahomans uh, Hogan Gore and Jana Hayes were there covering the event. Uh, Hogan's gonna tell us all about these candidates. But first, Holt is viewed as the front runner in this race. Why not show up for the debate?
2: Well, Nuria, uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. And then, second, Holt's press spokesperson released a statement that said that Holt was essentially having his message spread through various different mediums, and that pretty much is all that that statement said. And so he's has advertisements; he has his message out online, and and that's what their campaign trajectory is for this moment, because there's no other debate scheduled or on the on on the record until well, there'll be an election on February 8. Um, but anyhow. Holt is 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 a heavy favorite in this is, in this race, and he had an election in the previous cycle that was one of the largest majority uh, wins in the general election in Oklahoma City, and and so he he won by a pretty wide margin of seventy eight percent last time. I believe it was seventy eight percent, and and this year he's, his polling shows that he's favored kind of a little bit lower than that, but favored as well, and so. He also has a huge advantage in the fact that he has a about a $700,000 in his campaign fund that he can use, which just dwarfs everyone else. So he has the ability to kind of release on that commercials and TV commercials and things like that. He can spend some money on stuff like that. Uh, not saying that the other candidates can't, but they're just significantly lower in campaign funds. Then the next kind of thing about Holt not being in the in the debate last night. He might not have wanted to give platform to the to the kind of let these other three kind of fight it out and let me stand back and watch. And, and they know, the voters know what they're gonna get with me because they've already had me uh, elected and so I, I i would think that that's a factor in, in the decision but that's just speaking from you know thinking about the political optics side of it but but trace savage the moderator of the debate last night kind of made an interesting plea at the end of the uh, at the end of the debate saying that you know it's an important forum that we have to be able to have these public debates and that they would like to start a culture of kind of having those in these election cycles and kind of having this place for people to come and listen and 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 hear out what their potential leaders are are thinking so it it was viewed differently from different perspectives for the candidates themselves uh, it was an easy punching bag uh that there's there's a portrait of somebody on the front stage but for david holt it's probably uh it it's it in his mind is more beneficial for him to not have been there and rely on on his track record to this point
0: now, the election for Oklahoma City mayor is non-partisan. That means that candidates don't run as members of a party. But partisanship has been pretty clear in this race. Take us through each of these four candidates and what their platform tells us about them politically.
2: So uh, let's go in alphabetical order here. So Carol Hefner, she uh, has a more conservative platform, uh, real estate uh, developer, and, and proud Trump supporter, as in uh, chair of Trump committees in Oklahoma in 2016. And so she's, she's not bashful of her association with the Republican Party or the Trump establishment in any means. It's kind of apparent in the way that she debates a little bit in the fact that she's calling Holt, no show Holt every other sentence. And, you know, it's kind of that kind of like Chris Castile reported a MAGA-type uh, campaign, and that comes across on the stage in front of the voters, and, and that does get a rise out of people and, and there are cheers whenever they're not supposed to be cheers after questions. No-show
3: Holt right here is a no-show. He doesn't show up in the wards either. I was a Trump co-chair for the state of Oklahoma in 2016. I'm also, as I said, a businesswoman, and I've led businesses into prosperity and into
0: success.
2: She's running that same style of campaign and along with that you know where she stands all three I thought it was interesting and and I'll touch on this for all three of the debate candidates that were there uh, on the homelessness issue they they all agreed that it was a poignant and and most pressing issue it was up there for all of them but you know the approaches that is different for example uh, Carol Hefner wants the city government to kind of take a step back from, you know, working with these societal issues and leaving that up to more uh, private Uh, private entities and and kind of church-related groups to kind of take that mantle to to help with those more societal ills, because it's, in her words, uh, you know, the role of the government is to protect, you know, life, liberty, and property, I believe is what she was saying last night, so that's pretty much a hard line. She doesn't really believe in much social spending of those nature uh, but at the same time she's interested in you know potentially moving maps for funding, which I know we'll get into that a little bit later uh replacing some of that funding uh to help fund uh county county jail potentially so for for david holt he's kind of the incumbent in this race, and he wasn't there last night to to really make a statement on anything but just based on what we know. His platform is let's continue to invest in city services and make developments and improvements in those and kind of keep working towards the goals that they've set forward with like maps for funding and programs of that nature um, because he does sit at the head of the city council and he only has one vote on the city council out of you know so that makes nine votes and so it's it's a cohesive group of people that are working together to do these programs and do these deals and so it's not just the mayor the mayor has to work with all those other people, and he's one vote of that.
3: At the end of the day, you're just another vote on the council. I mean, like, you, you <laughs> there you don't have much innate power. And so a lot of times people who both, uh, uh, you know, want the job or don't think I do a good job are usually basing their arguments on things that our, our misunderstandings of what this job actually can do and should do,
2: and and I think that's a message that things that were discussed in the debate don't really address, is that you know the mayor can't do every single thing that you're saying that they can, and there is the city charter, and you know there's limits to that, and there are things that are set in place that are going to be very difficult to kind of walk back at certain points and so I, all that is to say that is david holt's kind of rationale for why it would make sense to you know continue with those things and so for him it's it's much of the same and and then moving on you know jimmy lawson he he's kind of uh, his politics and his slogan has been people over politics and so he's he's kind of working to go out and meet people in different communities and and kind of just be there. He, he was just trying to be more outreaching and, and social media and stuff like that.
3: My slogan is people over politics. I want to find that magical spot and moment where we can access everything we need for all the people, no matter what side of the city you may be from, what your background may look like. I think my commonality and my experience on a day to day basis in my servanthood. Will serve me as the best mayor.
2: He's trailing, and he doesn't have as much campaign funding as the rest of the candidates, um, and so he he's just kind of preaching on a more continue with let's develop the homelessness issue. Let's let's help. Those people with transitional housing let's do uh, you know more social spending in that sense and kind of with the mental health side of things with homelessness and so that was a big part of what he talked about last night
1: he strikes me as the m- most liberal candidate in this race is that fair to say
2: uh, that would be that would be incredibly fair to say I would i, I yes um, and that's just based on the kind of more right-wing challenge that's coming from carol hefner and frank urbanic and the fact that david holt is you know con- he's a conservative but he's more a moderate conservative is kind of where he likes to play himself but he was a state senator in the republican party in-, in oklahoma and he is a republican but we live in a purple city kind of mixed together between both parties pretty fairly and uh, you know so he kind of has talked in The Frontier. The Frontier had a had a interview with him out a few weeks ago, and he was just kind of touching on, you know, you can be whatever you want, conservative, liberal, this or that, but you have to, you know, kind of work together in this kind of a purple city and, and kind of not let that partisanship play into it. And that's that's just what he has said. You know, so yeah, Jimmy Lawson is most definitely uh the most liberal candidate in in this race for sure and then going on to frank Urbanic, uh, he's just really tried to boast his his ability to challenge mayor holtz with with covid restrictions and stuff like that as an
3: attorney i have a proven track record of success when it comes to combating out of control government in 2020 i took action three times and filed three lawsuits against governments that were acting outside the scope of their authority remember that as I was fighting to open up businesses. David Holt was fighting me to keep them shut.
2: It's mostly, you know, let's let's have and I keep tying it back to homelessness because they all have the same view on homelessness that it's important, but it's so dramatically different the way that Jimmy Lawson says what he believes is transitional housing and then Frank Urbanic says let's let's not have any magnet programs for homelessness, but then in the debate he sits there and says that statement and then kind of walks it into, well, transitional housing, but let's not make it to where they're there years on end.
3: Let me be clear. I think the number one magnet for homeless is Mayor No Show here. Um, you can see that homelessness has increased dramatically since, uh, since he became mayor.
0: On your side it
3: says that you want to end the programs that are a, a magnet, and I don't believe Mr. Holt is a program himself. So what programs are you referring to when you've said that? Well, so that's part of the research that I would do. I'm an attorney and I've done a lot of great research in uh, my career, which is one of the reasons why I've been so successful, particularly in those three lawsuits. But uh, but no, we need to look at and interview people and see, is there something about Oklahoma City that's different than the other locations that is drawing uh, the homeless here?
2: It's more Lawson's focused on the mental health side of things and then urbanic is is trying to rid the problem of it uh in the sense of uh, just not making it so visible
1: as for Holt, um, what perceived wins does he tout as reasons for why he should be reelected
2: you know, I think a big part of it is maps four and i've i 've kind of harped on it a little bit already, but just the it's a billion dollar expenditure and one cent sales tax It, it is such a huge undertaking with the number of committees the subcommittees that citizens are a part of and then the citizens advisory board and then getting things to the council and dealing with contractors and dealing with just so many different entities and ins and outs and legal questions and just all of that uh it's a huge undertaking and so i think that the fact that he is at the head of the city council as its executive uh but just one vote in that city council i think that he's pretty reliant on, on that achievement. And, you know, other than that, I think that he, he's, I don't think that he's really thinking that he's lost the support that he had so much of in, in 2018. So MAPS 4 is 16 programs that just vary from city improvements to, uh, homeless initiatives, to funding public parks, to just, just so many areas of the city are impacted by that. And the money from MAPS 4 is coming from a one-cent sales tax increase that that the voters voted in that was pretty uh, highly supported by the vote turnout. Just the fact that he's an incumbent and, and things are going in not a terrible direction by any means that the city is improving there's more investment there are new museums like the first american museum and all those projects have taken time but the city is growing and developing and i think people see that and i think that that's kind of a, a, a win in a sense um but at the same time there are huge issues that need to be addressed roads i mean there's all these roads out there that need to be funding and Heck yes, every single one of those candidates named three different streets that said, yeah, we gotta fix these
0: roads. Hogan, I'll say, I know that the Oklahoman has um, has written about, you know, when, whenever these mayoral candidates talk about how they would envision maps for funding to be used, we've certainly mentioned that um, it would be a fairly significant um, change to make. So far, the city council has never gone back and amended a, a MAPS plan after it was adopted, after the, the sales tax was adopted by voters and their original plan uh, was adopted by the council. It, the, the council simply has never gone back to, to alter that. Can you tell me, uh, explain a couple of the changes that some of the candidates want to implement? I know that, for example, Frank Urbanik has talked about eliminating the streetcar, completely getting getting rid of it. Um, what are some other things that uh, that the candidates feel like the maps for money is not being spent correctly?
2: Well, that's a great question, and it, it's definitely a an area where these candidates can kind of uh, show themselves as you know independent of each other and kind of split themselves apart a little bit just for the for the voters. Uh, it's an issue that they can take a little bit of unique uh, perspective on, and and so. It, for carol hefner i've kind of mentioned it already but she believes that you could shift about three hundred million dollars over from that project and spend that to help fund the new oklahoma county jail so that's one thing that that kind of carol hefner talked most about about that
3: maps four was voted on now if people didn't show up to vote for or against it it's their own fault it was voted for so we have to put these programs in place it's a matter of how we do it
2: at the same time Urbanic is a is a defense attorney in Oklahoma City, and he's kind of taking the approach of well, we need to see an audit. We kind of need to look at these things and see what works and what doesn't. The
3: tax was sold to us as a temporary tax, and it is we're now going on 25 years of a temporary tax so it's time for the temporary tax to finally end. I don't support any future maps projects and I just don't like the way this was done
2: and and so that was kind of his perspective reevaluate reassess that sort of a deal and then at the same time uh, Lawson was saying that I think that you know the city has done an ineffective job of kind of funding and helping with the homelessness and the mental health side of things what
3: I want to throw into the pot is what we call a homeless transitional complex so it's a one-stop shop if you will for those who may be homeless here how is my vision so of course we provide housing and food but also the missing piece in my opinion is the mental health resources so the good thing is that financing is already put in place they passed around 50 million dollars in maps 4 allocated for this particular endeavor
2: so he would be kind of more pro uh, spending and a little bit more pro on that side of of continuation but but from the other side of that um, and so, but at the same time, maps does have a fifty million dollar allocation for affordable housing and another forty million for mental health services kind of already laid out.
0: There was also the question of candidates spreading misinformation through their campaign. Did any of the candidates Tuesday night give comments that appear to be misleading or potentially false?
2: so Carol Hefner kind of criticized the Mayor's Law Enforcement Policy Task Force, which had a consultant group, 21CP Solutions, come in and, and give some recommendations on use of force and just various different things involving police. And and so she criticized that group as being from Baltimore and East Coast and more liberal cities, and we don't need the East Coast coming into into the metro, essentially. Well, that's, that's not true. Uh, reporter Jana Hayes uh, Discovered that that group is based out of Chicago, and the mayor does appoint that task force, but at the same time, uh, he doesn't really oversee every single uh, project that this group does, and they're they're appointed by them, but it's an independent body, and so they had this this consultant group engaged with them, and so th- that was just a misleading thing, and sh- and she's also just harped on the the kind of uptick in criminal activity in Oklahoma City, but. In actuality, uh, reporting numbers from the Oklahoma City Police Department from September of 2020 to September of 2021, which is the most recent data we've been able to find, uh, it's it's just about a 1% increase over all of the categories of crime. Carol Hefner kind of made a point about her interaction with the homeless population around Oklahoma City, saying that she'd spoken to almost you know over 90 homeless people uh, didn't really say where, didn't really say when, uh, but she also charged that most of those people that she spoke with, if not all, were brought from California, given a bus ticket, and they don't know who funded that bus ticket, but were shipped to Oklahoma because it's uh, a haven for, you know, homeless uh, initiatives and things of that nature. Is kind of the charge that she was making last night. A- and... Based on the Homeless Alliance data that we can find, they do a point in time count uh, every year, which was delayed a couple of years by COVID, but the homeless population is estimated to be just under about 12,000 people for 2021. And that's an estimate. It's very difficult to know that in accurate numbers. Uh, and so that's not a, it is an increase, but it's not a dramatic increase and that's something that people in this election have been continuously charging is just the huge increase and there has been an increase but at the same time uh... representatives and, and, and employees and, and people with the homeless alliance are saying it's just so difficult to get an accurate number and definitely difficult to prove or fact check that that carol Hefner did in fact find out that these people were shipped uh... on buses from california to oklahoma city uh, So we don't know that that's false, but we don't know how to be able to definitively prove that either.
1: So incumbents tend to be tough to beat in any election. Um, Would the three candidates challenging Holt consider it a win to force him to a runoff on April 5th? And are there any signs indicating which of those three candidates might do it?
2: That's a great question, Nuria. And you know, it would be a huge victory for any one of the candidates to get into a runoff on, on April 5th. Uh, absolutely huge, just Rudy victory because of the simple margin of victory that David Holt had before. And he's polling at about 65% as, as opposed to just much, much lower in polls done. Uh, so yeah, I think that, it would be stunning to me.
1: Yeah, it's tough to say because none of us are in the business of predicting the outcomes of an election. But uh, it will be interesting to see what happens if any of these three candidates uh, challenging Holt could draw him under fifty percent of the vote and force a runoff there. So we will—that remains to be seen if that will happen. But Hogan, we wanted to say thanks for for joining us this week and and for talking about this this very interesting race.
2: Absolutely, thank you for having me. You both do great work on this podcast and and in your reporting. So thanks for having me
1: on and to our listeners
0: thanks for joining us this week this podcast is possible because of the oklahoman subscribers we encourage you to subscribe if you can you can read these stories and more every day in the oklahoman and at oklahoman.com check back next friday for a new episode